Feast, everybody. I am your host, Folt, sitting here with my main man, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Middle of winter. We made it to January. We're here. 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. You know what? Uh, feeling great, and I'm feeling great about this show. Definitely. We we got a good one coming up tonight. I mean, as you can see from the title, um, we're going to be discussing Bird Box, the movie. Um, tonight was actually supposed to be a rehearsal for us for a podcast that we had set up for recording for release for next week. But in the event of all this hype, you know, 45 million people. Memes everywhere. Everybody's oh, yeah. talking about it. It's just... It's got to be addressed and it's got to be discussed because the Sally. I thought of Subtle Beast when I watched it. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, when I was first reading the reviews, I was like, ooh, an unseen force. What's this going to be like? But you know what? That question is uh, still to be answered. What's that like? I mean. Right. I mean, there is uh, there's a lot going on with the movie, a lot to talk about today. So, um we should probably hit them with a spoiler alert in case they haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen the movie Bird Box, which was released on Netflix on December 21st, 2018, then just take uh, a pause here uh, and then come back to the, to the podcast after you've seen the movie so that you can be a part of the dialogue and you know what we're talking about. Right, because we don't want to ruin anything for you. And this movie is way too, way too good and way too special. Um, like I said, over 45 million people have seen it. I mean, that's that's legendary for, for Netflix. Oh, I my mean, gosh, yeah. That's that... putting them on the map. It's like I was telling Steve, you know, I say probably in the next 15, 20 years, companies like Netflix and Amazon Prime, people aren't going to need to go to the movies anymore because the movies are going to be right there on their apps. Well, you look at uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, the way of the dodo. There is no more Blockbuster. Well, sure. Even Redbox is getting kind of... And now Redbox is kind of falling off because the streaming services are so dependable. They're, they're so convenient. They're easy. They're cheap. And, I mean, it's here and now. It's hot and now. Yeah, yeah it certainly is. So what we're going to do to kick this off is um, we're going to play a little snippet from, uh, from the beginning of Bird Box just to help create the mood for our discussion. Uh, it just, it really sets the tone. So Where it starts off. Yeah, so here we go. We have a place, a compound. We have a community. It's safe here. How many of you are there? Are any of them children? Because the fastest way to get here is by the river, and I don't think you can make it. But yes. We're going on the trip now. It's going to be rough. It's going to feel like it's going on for a long time. So it's going to be hard to stay alert. It's going to be even harder to be quiet. But you have to do both. You have to do every single thing I say, or we will not make it. Understand? Under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. If I find that you have, I will hurt you. Do you understand? It's cold. We have blankets. Boy, you have your dog. Girl, you have your kitty. This is just a place. There's nothing more that we need from it. Do you understand? And no talking on the river. 
You must listen as closely as you can. If you hear something in the woods, you tell me. If you hear something in the water, you tell me. But you never, ever take off your blindfold. If you look, you will die. Do you understand? So, how about that? Well, man, that's powerful. <laughs> that really is. I mean... That gets your juices flowing right there. That certainly does. And I'm all about it. I mean, I guess probably the the question that's weighing on everybody's mind is, you know, well, what was this? What was what were they running from? What was it that they were, were seeing? And it can be broken down into a multiple of different facets. It, it, it really depends on what your outlook is. Um, I've even heard people say that this movie was done and um, like the basis of it is to represent today's world with um, uh, oh, what do you call it? social media. And uh, I thought it was really interesting the way that they broke it down. Like, well, look how, you know, she starts off alone in the beginning and all she's looking for is a connection. Well, that's what people online are doing. They're looking for a connection, but it's not really real. But you're really, you're really depressed, but you're painting this outside image to the world that, oh, yeah, everything's great. I really, I mean, obviously, the person that wrote that article was way more uh, justice than what I was giving it. But I liked that scenario. But there, there are other scenarios as well. Right. You can take the religious uh, background, which I think is uh, a little bit more mainstream, uh, or you could, uh, or you could take even a different spin than that. Well, right. I mean, if if you're not going to take the religious aspect, like, um, like. Obviously, if you're still listening, you saw you saw the program, uh, but there was a character in it who was a, well, quote unquote, conspiracy theorist, and he went off to just say, I know what this is. It's called different things in different uh, religions, different mythology, and he named things like uh, Akamana or Davos, um, something referred to as Saragot, which I believe is then the term used when a woman is a you know, carrying a child for another woman is a surrogate because this particular entity, Saragot, he makes pregnant women see children as lobsters and spiders so that you probably, you know, kill them or get away from them. Or so that you don't feel connected to them. Sure. Right. Which was, you know, basically Sandra Bullock's problem in the whole movie was she was just, she was so devastated by being left by the guy that she was in a relationship and is having a baby with that, she just shut off communication and, you know, it was just shut down. And I guess that uh, she was she was yearning. She was wondering if she was going to be able to feel the connection uh, with the baby. And her sister said, yeah, it's an immediate love affair. And she's like, nah, with me. Yeah. Not with me. Yeah. I mean, the, that's not always the case with every mother. I mean, there's situation with postpartum. They don't want, you know, they're not connecting with the baby. And in this scenario, it sounds like, you know, she was holding all of her anger towards her ex, towards this baby, somehow misdirecting what the love should or could be. But they have a, a lot bigger problems right from the get-go starting off. Because as the movie, when you're seeing Sandra Bullock in this dark space and she's talking to her sister and she's talking about how she doesn't talk to her mom anymore so you, you know you're the go-between well as you notice and then her sister says well have you heard about all these mass suicides and she says no because she's just been painting in the dark 
And then all this stuff was happening. What did they say over in Russia or something yep, like that? Russia. And then as they they turn their backs on the TV, well, you see this big like line on a map go from Russia. Well, now whatever this quote unquote force is that is causing everyone to commit these mass suicides is now in Alaska. So it has hit the United States and just spreads like wildfire. Right. And the, so the lead character, the protagonist is uh, Mallory and uh, Sandra Bullock plays her. And Sandra Bullock can still pull a movie, bro. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, when I saw that she was going to be the star of this movie, I was kind of just like, eh. Because, I mean, I really didn't hear anything about it other than Sandra Bullock's coming out with a new movie called Bird Box. And I was like, eh, Sandra Bullock losing steam. Right. You, d- you never know what you're going to get with uh, Sandra Bullock because she hasn't really been around that much lately. Right. And, uh, you know, I had I saw a funny meme the other day that said, if you if you find yourself in the same space as uh what's a Sandra Bullock run because she was in that space movie where the space shuttle blew up you know the International Space <laughs> right. Station now she's doing this she was on the bus on speed was that that was Gravity it was Sandra Bullock in Gravity that's yeah. right I forgot that she was in Gravity yeah so yeah all right I take a little bit of that back she 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 definitely carried Gravity. Uh, and she definitely carried Bird Box. I was very impressed with her acting skills. Uh, her looks are still there. She she did a great job. Yeah, she was able to go to that dark place that that needed to be happened within this film. So, but Steve and I were talking uh, prior to setting this podcast up in our pre meeting, and we were talking about yeah, they said that this monster could have come from mythology or religion and it's called many different things but it all means the same thing it means the end well of course you know subtle beast in our past were all about alien technology ufos and uh, different forms of life throughout the universe and to me and i believe to steve that weren't we're taking this quote-unquote monster and we we believe that it's some type of extraterrestrial force. I mean, as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw the um, the part where uh, Trayvon says to her, "Shield your eyes, shield your eyes," right, and then he like helps her up to the house that John Malkovich is in. When when that part happened, I thought to myself, "There's an alien invasion." That's that. That's part of right around the time that I thought the same. And you know what? If you take the word extraterrestrial and you really dissect it, um, it's not to say that the conspiracy theorists from the movie saying that different mythologies and religions all call this thing the same, which means the end. That doesn't necessarily mean that that that's not extraterrestrial. Because you break down extraterrestrial, it just means not terrestrial to this plane that we're existing on. Uh, this. This force could have come from, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimension, which, you know, we have no real knowledge of. I mean, yeah, we know that they're there, but we don't know what type of forces are there because look at all the different existence of planes. I mean, if you're a person that believes in the afterlife, when you pass away, I'm sure you go to a certain plane of existence. It's not going to be the same plane that, uh, you know, this uh, Saragot that makes people see lobsters and spiders is going to be on. No, it's going to be a different plane of existence, which could, for all intents and purposes, just be a plane that is just residence and, and, and resides in just evil frequencies. Right. There's, I mean, there are so many ways to look at the extraterrestrial connection here. Uh, the, the end of days is definitely part of the Bible, and that's all 
religious based. Right. But if you think about how far back and humanity is, is such an innocent, loving little race, you know, how far back we go and how far back we have written record of. And also the fact that there are myths that, uh, extraterrestrials have threaded our DNA and our genealogy. If that's the case, and, and we weren't the first people to be on earth, but we are the people that occupy earth right now, then alien, uh, ending would make perfect sense. Like if we were visited by a different race from a different solar system or a different planetary system, and that race were to act like a bacteria that were going to kill humanity, right? Then why wouldn't it be through sight? Like why couldn't it be through sight? Yeah, yeah. It's trans. It's transferred through, uh, you know, your your eyes and your cerebral cortex, and through like your, you know, your, I don't know, your your lenses or your stems that are connected who knows i mean different bacterias i mean we're not aware of all the different bacterias and forces and in, in the uh in the in universe the, yeah, for the, sure yeah, yeah i was if gonna say the alien. galaxy but universe uh i mean it, it could be anything i mean there's things that we can't even comprehend so and it was obviously a very intelligent force too um as it seemed to progress throughout the movie because it was singling her out Right. I mean, it was calling her name. It was it, saying her name by name. Yeah, and it was trying to trick, trick the children. I mean, it, it took her voice and trying to trick the children into taking off their blindfolds, um, which leads to the, to the next question was, was this monster or creature, was it a single entity or was it multiple hundreds, thousands of entities that have spread across the globe and are just carrying out the same agenda? That's a brilliant question. Because, well, and one thing you have to think along when, when I think that this force was, was extraterrestrial would, I, I think that because um, they're, they're ridding the planet. So well, what are they ridding the planet from? Are they ridding the planet just from humans so that, you know, Earth can just thrive on its own with animals and plants? Or are they ridding it for some type of foresee takeover? Right. Are they, do they want to occupy it? Right. So, I mean, a lot of questions that weren't really answered. And uh, also, we're not, we don't have a lot that deals with a, a hive, like brain or a, a hive intelligence. Right. So when the... Uh, force that we're discussing was doing what it did throughout the movie just taking and taking and taking it could have been one centralized force that was overseeing in a hive mentality with different like tentacles coming sure. out of it because you, you you really don't know right a hive mind i think is uh is 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 a is a great um a great thought process because yeah it's it's communicating through through sight and so when i think that it's communicating through sight and that's how you get it wants you to see what you're dealing with and i mean that's what probably just sends you into your psychosis now speaking of psychosis there were crazy people in the movie and uh you know i, I don't mean in subtle beast means no disrespect to anybody that has any type of mental illness uh we're not we're not bashing that we're, we're simply talking about the characters in the movie who were portrayed as you know psychopathic killers who were locked up in a, in a sane asylum but it it appears that you know these people are almost immune to this creature because they've dealt with so much trauma in their past they've already looked their biggest fears in the eye so now when they see this thing that's just as as evil and deadly as they are they see it as beautiful and go out on on a mission to to help this 
thing. We're going to make everybody see you and you know ultimately take their lives right and that one the one part where uh john malkovich's wife lydia says she just is walking towards mallory the character and turns and says mom yeah mom don't go she says and uh later on malkovich says to mallory it wasn't her mom her mom's been dead for 10 years but it, it almost appears that she's looking interdimensionally through a plane yeah, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you have to think, I mean, this thing's obviously way, way, whatever it is, is way, way more advanced than us. So, I mean, it would be like us overseeing, uh, you know, I'll say a cockroach for a, less of a better term, because yeah, you can watch that cockroach all day. You can follow it all around. It's going to be unpredictable. It knows you're there and it's trying to get away from you, but the two of you can't communicate with one another. To you're not like, going to have a conversation oh, yeah, with I'm them. Not, the cockroach isn't going to be like, man, I just want to eat the, you know, the glue inside your counter. No, <laughs> no. So, I mean, it's the same type of, so forget about trying to, you know, trying to explain it away. I mean, and this all happened so fast that, you know, they were out on their own. They were locked up in that house just trying to search for answers, you know, bounce ideas off each other. I mean, they were able to come up with some conclusions pretty quick, but it's a pretty scary thing. And like I was telling Stephen pre-show, it would be a really difficult situation to be in because, I mean, it'd just be human nature to almost want to peek. It almost like if you knew, like if like if you weren't sure, like the like in the movie when the leaves were blowing and the birds are chirping and it looks like something's running through the woods, it's humongous. If that wasn't happening, like you'd almost be tempted to be like, okay, well there's nothing around. I can look at the river for a little bit. It's rapids for Pete's sake. Right. You you never know when it's going to be there. So you like uh, in the book it says that boy and girl had never seen the sky. Right and never and had never seen a sunset or a sunrise, so she's protecting them to the point of you know to the point that she had to really because the the entity could come at any point in time and you don't know where or how it's going to get there. How about that one part where they're in the grocery store and the guy in the background says. Uh, that's in the back dock. He's like, let yeah. me in. Right. And as soon as his fingers cross the plane of the door, the birds start going crazy. Yeah. So they know something. And the lights were flickering on and off inside the grocery store. Yeah. And then homeboy, the conspiracy theorist is just, he hawks it up and takes one for the team. He just drops his shoulder into the guy and busts him out of the door. I mean, you have to think, I mean, in a situation like this, you would have to be mentally extremely prepared and, and, and ready for, I mean, who could be ready for a situation like this? But because at the beginning of this fallout, I mean, you see your lives are never going to be the same. If, you, if you're just walking outside and you look at something, you die. So, you know, you have to wonder, would some people just be like, you know, I just want to get this over with. You know, it's going to get us eventually. Maybe that's what that conspiracy theory is. Like, I'll take one for the team. It's going to get us anyway. We're never getting down to the store. Right. And in, in that same scene, John Malkovich says, we're never going to leave this grocery store. We have all of the provisions that we need to stay here inevitably or indefinitely. And uh, Mallory says, yeah, but we're not a-holes. We're going back to the people that we were just with. It just shows a sense of community. It does. But I have to say that when John Malkovich said that, I was on his side. Why would? Why are you going to try and take some food to everybody instead of bringing everybody to all the food? Now, granted, I know it's dangerous. They didn't have themselves an automatic pilot 
driving Tesla. They were just going by the uh, you know MapQuest or whatever their their GPS, which by the way would have been so difficult. But I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to be that guy. No, no, no. no. I, we we discussed that too, and like I said, uh, you know, yesterday I, I'm on the phone with Fultz. We're we're going over material. Bird Box comes up. We have this amazing conversation about it. And that was one of the things that uh, that we had discussed was, do you think that in the production of the movie that they, in that scene where they're taking the car to the grocery store and they're using the GPS to get there, don't you think that the think tank of writers that were putting this uh, screenplay together said immediately, let's use Tesla? Yeah, I mean, it would have been. The, it was the very first thing that I thought of before they even pulled out of the garage. I was like, they're all going to get, and they're going to follow this by the GPS. I was watching it with my wife, and I turned. And I said, you know, what make this simple is if they were driving a new Tesla. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, you know." But you know, you don't, you don't know. Maybe they approached. Maybe uh, Musk wasn't interested in having his vehicle being portrayed and you know, <laughs> driving over heads of bodies <laughs> and blaming it on uh, speed bumps. You know, you don't know. Yeah, because he's trying to protect his automated driving right now. He just like, wow, it's going to be hitting everything in the street. Right. Those people looked like they were in a zombie movie too. So I can imagine uh, Tesla turning down, even if even if uh, you know the Bird Box execs approached Elon and Tesla and said, "Hey, we we got something here. We want to do a product placement because there it's not the only product that was a product placement. There was a lot in the grocery store, and at one point they do find pop tarts." And Pop Tarts, um, Hennessy, I think was it was a big one. In it weren't they talking about Hennessy a lot? Uh, yeah, Malkovich was drank a half a bottle of Hennessy while they were still in that aisle, oh, my and he gosh. makes that big announcement. Yeah, I mean, when 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 Bullock turns to him and calls him an a hole and just says, "Hey, that's not what we are. We're going back for these people." If I was Malkovich, I'd be like, "Look." Everything was fine until you needed someone to come out and help you, which then led my wife to come out and try and escort you up. She sees the creature, and then she climbs into the driver's side of a car that's fully engulfed in flames. Like, I can only think when she's like, when she sees the creature and she's like, mom, mom, don't go, and she gets into the car. All I could think was like her mom abandoning her as a child and her mom got in the car and drove away. So that's what she's doing. Mom, don't leave. And she sees a car and maybe this creature made her see her mom getting in this car being like, you know, come on, come with me then. Because she just climbs right in. It's just burnt to a crisp. And I, I agree that there are, there's such symbolism in this movie that you can, when, when you're watching it, you can associate or, or portray yourself in certain characters or think of society as a whole in situations and like your analogy to social media or um, what you just said about her mom like you can kind of take this movie in so many different ways because it's so deep so deep on so many levels and you know, a lot of people were given this movie. No, I won't say a lot because I'd say a majority of people like it. But there are some naysayers out there, like, oh well, it would have been it would have been scarier if you could see the movie. Well, I couldn't disagree more with that point because what what in this world is more scary than a force that you can't see, and especially one that's trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just uh, I don't believe that because as they're going down the river with their blindfolds with this creature all around them, 
you could feel, I mean, you could feel the anxiety, you could feel the tension, you could just, you put yourself in the actor's places and just thinking to yourself, they're not just going down the river and they're not just walking places. They can't see. I mean, how impossible. I've gone river rapid before. I came out of one of the boats and I didn't have a blindfold on. I mean, uh, but. That's what the producers, I really believe that that's what they wanted was for you to be on the side of these characters. The the character Tom, who was played by Trayvon Rhodes, I, at some point in that movie, thought to myself, would I be able, because he takes on Mallory, uh, Sandra Bullock, and uh, the two children, which in the beginning of the movie, Mallory is pregnant. And once they get inside the house with uh, Malkovich, then she meets just a random girl that comes up to the door uh, named Olympia. And so that they share their pregnancy together and have the babies uh, on the same day, I think, right? Within the same hour. Right. And uh, that Gary character is in in there at that point in time. Uh, and he's he's just losing it at that point. He, he was one of those crazies. Yeah, he was one of those crazies. And this is where we're going to go back a little bit and, and, and touch a little bit more on the extraterrestrial philosophy of it. Um <clears throat> I don't know if uh, if any of you had seen the movie uh, Arrival, but uh, that was another movie, too, that took a lot of hard critics. People were just, you know, bashing it, and, you know, I was sticking up for it. I, I always think, well, if you're going to be bashing a movie of <clears throat> of that, you know, intellect and quality, then maybe you just, your mind's not ready to accept those possibilities. But in the movie Arrival, the creatures were these um, you know, cephalopods, almost like a squid or octopus, which, by the way, octopus have no DNA that can be recognized from this planet. Same with squid. And most scientists say that, that they're most likely uh, an extraterrestrial species. Now, when the guy, the crazy, is inside the house, what's his name, Gary? Gary. Gary's putting all the pictures that he drew because he can see this all the time, and he sees it come up in many different forms. Well, one of the forms was, or at, at least to me looked exactly like one of the hephalopods from uh from arrival and i believe that the producer of this movie and or maybe the director worked on arrival together so that's where i was like ooh, because as soon as i saw it i was like oh my gosh that looks just like the uh, cephalopod from arrival my wife looked at me like i was from outer space (laughs) and she was just like okay but uh yeah so i mean it's not just a you know a shot in the dark where i just like ah thought it was extraterrestrials just because you know we're subtle beast we got to think it's extraterrestrial no uh lots of different things led us to that hypothesis i i couldn't agree with you more but it's like i said as soon as i uh go back to uh trayvon Rhodes, as soon as i saw him uh grab sandra bullock i was like oh it's an alien invasion yeah Uh, just it just had that that feeling and that's not you know that's not a bad thing to say because yeah it was an alien invasion. It was an outside intelligent force that was here, not only in our three-dimensional, four-dimensional world, but encompassing our entire three- and four-dimensional world. And what better way to just take somebody out by just being, if you look at me, you'll kill yourself. I mean, that, I mean that, that's the stuff that you know, mythology is, is built upon. I mean, all these stories that come you know, from the past mythology, even some religions, I mean, they all end up with like the same type of entity, just calling it something different. I mean, 
history has been misinterpreted for thousands, thousands of years. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that may share my belief, but if you're familiar with like the book of Enoch, if you've ever read that, or if you, and, and that philosophy of where, you know, the human race really came from now, it's kind of touch and go. So I won't go into it too much here because it does touch a lot on religion and I'm not here to insult or tell anybody what or they should believe or even throw my hypothesis on them. But if you're interested, check out the book of Enoch and, uh, you know, decide for yourself. But I mean, I always say that the, uh, it's not my quote, but you know, the, the greatest gift we could give to history is to rewrite it. I, I, I put myself in Tom's character. Very much so. And I was like, man, could I defend my family to that level? Like you said, maybe there's people out there that are like, man, I just want to get this over with. If you know, I'm up against these odds, right? Then I can't beat this anyway. But they chose to fight it, right? And and it was and they fought the good fight. Uh, Tom dies, but Tom probably got the best fight out of anyone that died because he did have like that last second of pardon me clarity where he was able to shoot the last bad guy. So he could commit suicide knowing that the kids and Sandra are safe. Right. He gave them just like uh, the conspiracy theorists. He gave that community all that he had and with that last second ditch effort was able to kick the can down the alley a little bit further and get them to this end place where you know we haven't discussed that but uh so the the two children end up after tom commits suicide um their boy and girl the characters names are up until the point where uh mallory has to name them so she names them after the uh, the girl after her mother Olympia and the boy after Tom the character uh, Trayvon Rhodes right and and she named him boy and girl because like we were saying she said I don't know if I'm going to have a connection to these kids or to her child which she had a son and then the mother who had a daughter on the same day you know she made Sandra Bullock promise that she would take care of this child forever. You know, I mean, and, and, just before Gary killed her. Yeah, right before. Yeah, right before Gary kills her, and there is nothing it doesn't matter if it's your child or if it's a, you know a puppy or a kitten anything that you raise from a from an infant you are going to love and want to protect wholeheartedly which brings me to my next um next thought process because whenever you see a movie of this nature or uh something like the walking dead or uh, in any type of apocalypse situation everyone always tries to put themselves in the situation okay well this is what my plan would be this is what i would do you know nobody ever says I'm going to be as I'll be a zombie right away or I'm going to see it right away. Right. And that's where I was like that's where I was like I was kind of obsessed with Tom and his character where he was quickly drawn to help Sandra Bullock because if I was in his position and I didn't know where the other five members of my family are, I'm sorry Sandra, but I I'm fine. I'm I'm going to do everything I can to try and locate them. Nothing would be worse in a situation such as an apocalyptic situation and you're completely separated from your family. I I agree, but that's where that sense of community comes from that they they were able to portray in the movie because everyone was kind of separated from their family, even Malkovich who had Lydia with him but wasn't able to get her back in the house inside this little cocoon where all of these characters are developed and he he must have come across as like i mean well he did but i mean his whole existence i mean he was married what three times he married this lady and 
he never shed a tear from her. It just makes me think that, you know, he was kind of a alcoholic abuser. Right. My take. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he just, he never shed a tear and it just seemed like he was more angry at the fact that there's m- more strangers in this house now than there is, uh, you know, without having his wife. I think that was the bitter situation. But having said that, it wasn't Malkovich's house. It was, uh, I believe, the uh, the Asian gentleman who- No, the Asian gentleman was the neighbor. Oh, he was the it neighbor. It was Malkovich's house, oh, okay. and the Asian gentleman and his husband were doing an addition, oh, and Malkovich right. sued them because he didn't want to look at this Oh, that's right. Why should I have to look at it? Yeah, that, that, I guess I, I assumed that that was his house because of- uh, you know, he came up with this brilliant idea. Well, let's just use cameras. Let's use the outside cameras. There's cameras everywhere, and we'll try and see if we can get a, catch a glimpse of what this is so that we can get some kind of idea of if we can beat it or not. Well, unfortunately, uh, didn't work. Didn't didn't work out at all because he's watching, the, and he's, you can see him kind of squint, and then his eyes do that kaleidoscope he, effect. He, and you can see the, the leaves yeah. start to kick up. And it was almost like, you know, like they do commit suicide, but it's almost like it's being driven by this force because he, this guy, the Asian guy, rocked over in his chair and hit his head perfectly on like the only thing that like could have killed like him on gr- the way. Yeah, the granite. Oh, gruesome. <laughs> it was. That part was gruesome. Um, so the the children, and so like Tom's character, and like I said, I put myself in Tom's character and Sandra Bullock is there and he's protecting her and he's protecting the children and then his character gets killed off. So she makes the decision to leave the house, to leave their, where they're at, this safe zone that, that she's in and to make the run to because uh, she heard on on the radio yeah, the, the clip radio. That, the clip that we played for you at the beginning of the show right and this guy is promising uh, a safe haven with uh, community and food and doctors and, and protection and, all that. and it it's honestly like and I don't want to go too far forward but it's not until she gets in the safe haven. That she gives the children the names. Right. Because her, her journey is complete. Like if one thing, like I was reading about, if you watch the beginning of the movie, it kind of starts with... Um, the or, end. It, well, it starts with like the end, but when, when she's in there painting, that scene starts off with her looking down at the ground. It's supposed to represent her depression. And the movie ends with her at the end looking up at the birds. So it's like a full transformation. She went from being depressed and, and not having any connections or love with anybody till to she knows exactly what it is to love somebody and knows exactly what it is to fight for somebody fight do you'll do when you have children you know you're going to fall on any sword that comes their way and uh when she gives them their names because uh the mallory comes into contact with uh, another female that she had already known and the doctor that she went to see her her uh, OBGYN is is in there and uh she says oh my what what beautiful children what are their names and she names them and right at that instant that's when you feel this deep connection that she that the whole story is kind of like portraying and like unfolding the whole way through and it's not until that point where she she gets that connection with these children and actually names the children that uh, it kind of all unfolds. Yeah, it was a it was a great ending. Um, if if you have children, uh, regardless of what age they are now, you can remember when they were small, and I, and the end scene really 
you know, pulled at the the strings of my heart when after she named them and then she asked them if they wanted to go play because they had never played before. And the look on the little girl's face was the the sweetest, most excited. It, it was so natural. That, I mean, that that girl as an actress, even the boy for that matter, phenomenal job. But, uh, you but, know, it just made you feel for the characters, like, just like, oh, because, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, why wouldn't she just stay at that house? I mean, because she wouldn't have to worry about, uh, you're going to run out of uh, food after a while. And after, you know, everyone's dead that's not working at the water sewer treatment plant, you got no more water either. And you, those you got to take the foot. Those kids are going to get to the age where they're unable to control their curiosity they're, right they're gonna look yeah and when they get to a rebellious teenage age forget mom this is all you know baloney we're going outside we're going outside and before you know it you know let's talk a little bit about the end and uh the end of the the way the book ended the way and also the way the movie ended okay well uh well which one do you want to take uh well i mean there's certain things that you uh were kind of telling me about the way the book ended right okay so we'll start there so um of course you know people that are avid readers will always tell you that that the book is better the book is better than the movie i wish i was one of those people honestly i got adhd and if it's not in my immediate wheelhouse i can't kind of start daydreaming reading books but i wish i was one of those people However, they said in the book that the that the the story was you know tenfold more gruesome. Um, as you recall, since everyone that's listening seen the movie, when they get to the end after they get through the rapids and they follow all the birds and they get away from the monster, they end up in the uh, uh, in the in the school for the blind. But uh, and, and she walks in there and she can see. Oh my gosh! You know, some people in here do have their sight. Some people in here are blind. Well, yeah, Mallory didn't make it. The, the children go through the door That's right. and Mallory gets flipped back over by the, the un, unseen force. Right. And uh, she doesn't have uh, the gun. I think the gun is out of bullets at that point or the, the gun went in the river when she was shooting, when she was right. fighting with that Not gun. Not like the gun ever did anything. Well, I mean. She could have killed herself. She could have killed herself and. Not that it was doing anything to that force, but no. when, when she was firing it at the the voice in the fog the guy that's standing in the river oh yeah that was creepy and he's uh yelling out i've got a baby deer mm -hmm. take kids you want to see it just yeah. look just take your blindfold off which was another crazy scene because you're seeing her struggle sandra bullock struggle with this guy who's obviously lost his mind is getting trying wants her to see it and it's so beautiful he, she's she's doing a good job fighting this guy but the whole time you got to remember she's blindfolded she doesn't know how big this guy is what, what he direction? looks like where the where the boat oar is that she can swing and hit at his head i mean scary it's like either either i fight this guy with my blindfold on or i try and fight him with it off and, I'm and I'm, i watched i watched that scene multiple times and his hand gets up onto her face and his fingertips are touching her blindfold that's how close he comes to pulling her blindfold off which was his point like that's all he wanted to do was show them how beautiful it was yeah and the, the, there was that scene too where gary had he pried that old lady's eyes open oh, at the yeah. window to see it and you know what? I was trying to just recreate that. Now, granted, I was using my own hands and my own eyes, but I don't think I'm even trying it now. I don't think you could get my. You want me to come over there and get your eyes open? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, probably some psychopath who, oh, who wants that would me be horrible, dead. Yeah. I mean, 
I'd just be like, all right. <laughs> there it is. You happy? <laughs> My eyes are up. I'm looking right at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to jump out this way. Man, when that lady jumped out that window, that looked gruesome because her waist got caught on the glass and then she flipped over. Well, and that voice in the fog, Mallory reaches back into the boat, grabs the handle of the machete and just gives it to him right in between the head and the shoulders. Oh, yeah. And it just looks like that blow right there. I mean, then he sinks down into the water. But uh, so Mallory's uh, going down the river. She's almost at the the safe haven uh, where it's it's a school for the blind. Yeah, that's the the end of the story. Is that this safe haven, which they don't? Um, I think it's Rick. I think that's what the guy's name, Rick or Gary or something. Uh, they don't tell you beforehand until they get there that they're going to the school for the blind because, and this is obvious, but. They can't see this powerful force, yeah, this entity that is being transferred from sight. So it makes perfect sense that a, a school for the blind out in the middle of nowhere would be less affected, and these people would be immune to the transfer of this powerful force. Right. So, the, but then you have blind people that are immune, and then you have some people that force their immunity, uh, like like the book had portrayed. It said that. You know, after she had threatened, after Sandra Bullock had well, told the force. Well, she gets flipped over. Right. And and Sandra Bullock, is, is she's fighting with this force, and she knows that she's not going to be able to beat it on her own. So she has a knife, and she takes it, and she, like, puts it to her eye, and is like, I'll gouge my eyes out, and you'll never, you know, I'll never see you, blah, blah. And she even sticks it, and you see a little bit of blood. Well, that's enough to get the creature to back just, off. Just enough. She, po- she pokes her eyelid with this... Uh, knife while she's still has her eyes closed and it's enough to loosen the force of this powerful uh force and for her to be able to run into the the school for the blind right that's in the book that's in the book and this part's in the book too when she actually goes in there instead of just seeing a bunch of people that you know some that do have sight some that have been blind their whole lives in the book they said it was so gruesome because there was people sitting around that had gouged their own eyes out using knives some used sticks and some used their own fingers because one of those things got in to the school because the school for the blind had a lot of blind people but they were also a safe haven for people with sight right and they they go into more depth in the book, they said that in the past, in that school for the blind, one of the things uh, got in there and just, you know, it spread through that place like wildfire. So to prevent that from happening in the future, the people that weren't affected by it the first time all gouged their own eyes out. That wouldn't be me. I wouldn't take that approach. Um, I would... I'd be more than happy to have a blindfold on at all times, which they didn't need to have there too because I guess once that entity got in there, what they did over time was grow the, the foliage over the top so then that's where the birds could be. So it's blocking out. So th- so it seems like at this point they're safe in there. I just don't think that gouging my eyes out, especially in, in the circumstance where you have children, there's going to come a point where you need to see something. Right. You You always want to think that there's going to be an ending if it's an alien invasion that the aliens go back to their home planet and that it's going to be over and that you're going to be able to go out into the river or wherever and just use your sight freely. Right. You think it's going to end. Right. And, and in this circumstance, I mean, we're left at the school of the blind. Now, granted, we don't know who all the people are that are there, but like with any tragedy or invasion of some, at some point, 
people start putting their heads together and be like, you know what? I think this is what we could do. And that's what I like about the movie and in a way it was because you can put whatever spin on you want. 20 years down the road, they're still dealing with this thing. They don't know what to do, but they have some ideas using like electromagnets or something, you know? Right. Something to draw that force back away from right. like, into the atmosphere or yeah into some into the sea or it kind of begs the question you know is there a chance that there's going to be a bird box too that's what that was going to be the next things out of my mouth i was going to say you know it leaves that door open so that you know maybe not anytime soon but maybe almost like they did independence day it was like 20 years it could be like bird box 20 years revisited earth is still dealing with this issue we know so much more about this entity but we still can't get rid of it and we sure as heck can't still can't look at it and i think that probably they would eventually come up with some type of infrared maybe goggle system that you're only seeing heat signatures maybe that's how you could see around i don't know i mean the possibilities are endless that's why i love the movie well i mean you're you're uh you're seeing other other people's struggle in this but you're really following mallory and uh sandra bullock's character so this is kind of one character's story throughout the uh, the um the force invading right this occurrence but uh i mean there are so many other stories of masses of people like it, there's so many stories of other people all around that they could definitely uh make a series right i i thought it would be interesting to see one thing they didn't show was like this entity maybe maybe it was in the movie and it was cut but the entity getting inside like a plane that was up thirty nine thousand feet oh yeah the pilot sees it first so he just starts diving the plane straight down you know and then everyone sees it and everyone's cheering yeah 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 (laughs) you know i mean that's it's so beautiful yeah i mean just you had to assume, and then that's where I draw my conclusion. I'm like, you have to assume that that happened somewhere on the earth during this catastrophe. Or, or, yeah, probably the majority of planes in the air at the time that yeah. happened to. Or skydiving. You're skydiving, having the time of your life, and you see it. Or maybe, I mean, it, did, it could be to the point where the plane up in the sky is not affected, comes down, goes through the clouds, maybe uh, radios the tower, tower's not responsive, and they're like, well, we're going to we're going to land it. You know, we're going to land. We're just going to take runway three. We're going to land on runway three, goes up to the tarmac, uh, opens the door, and then, yeah, boom, like all the people are still on the plane. You know how hard it is to get off a plane? Oh, yeah. And then if you start <laughs> seeing like all these kind of crazy people running out of the airport through the terminals and they're like shoving glass <laughs> in their eyes and in their necks, I'd be like, get ready for takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a touchdown and then back up in the air. The cabin has put on the recognized seatbelt sign. <laughs> But there's so many places they could take the story to Bird Box. Yeah, they certainly could. I mean, I loved the movie. Um, I think that uh, the, the the title Bird Box actually we didn't we didn't discuss that at all. No, we didn't. So I guess uh, you know if you saw the movie, you could probably put it together that it was when they were going down the river or whenever they were doing anything. They had this box that had like three birds in it. It started in the grocery store. Yeah, Sandra right. Bullock's character. They're all getting they're all getting the things that they loved. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, Malkovich's character goes for the alcohol. They all ask. Uh, homeboy that's a uh, conspiracy theory what where's this where's that where's right. this where's that and that's when tom comes up and says to mallory here's my um my present for your child and it's a package of diapers right and uh she's getting different things and all of a sudden it's just the sound of that bird uh catches her 
and then she's automatically drawn to it and she takes the bird cage and puts it in her cart and then the cage obviously is too big to transport on the river or throughout uh I guess it's right when they're taking off to go on this voyage down the river. She transfers them into that that cardboard box that girl carries. Right, and um, the whole the whole bird box movie too. The representation of the birds inside the box was actually. Uh, the, the way the director was using for everybody in the movie because if you think about it they were all birds in a box right. when they were in the car driving you can only see like you know a little bit of light from the outside you got your blindfold on shadows yeah you can't see you can hear what's going on out there and you can see a little bit of light but you know you you're a bird in the box too and another theory or another thing that i had read was that they were going to call it bird box too because the creature itself looked like uh, like a bird box of some reason which i don't know if that was just come up from the writers of the movie because i don't believe that's the way it was portrayed in the book but so i i would t- let's talk about um deleted scenes so if the uh the deleted scene rumor because i i don't know that anyone's seen this but uh you were telling me about sandra bullock when they were going to actually put the picture of the yeah. the evil force yeah so she was going to be having this dream sequence and and through this dream sequence she was going to wake up and then the entity was really going to be there now what sandra bullock had told the directors and everyone working on the movie was hey well, the first time i see this thing i want it to be when you call action so that my my reaction can be authentic and i can look scared so they said that they created this thing it was supposed to look like a the head of like a fat baby and then the rest of it was like some worm-like snake that they had put together. Well, they call action on this thing. Uh, they bring this creature in. Sandra Bullock turns around to you know act and react to it, and she busts out laughing. She said, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. You cannot put this in this serious movie. <laughs> so then the director was like, you know what? It's just going to be an unseen force. Just, yeah, she her reaction to it was the same that's probably that would have killed the movie. Oh yeah, it's probably the same reaction we all would have had to it when we saw it. Uh, it would have been so disappointing, and, and we would have laughed at it. All I could picture was when I read that about the deleted scene was like seeing like Chucky's head, and then like seeing like the fake doll lips move. I just think, <laughs> oh man, this movie took a turn for the worse. Uh, right, like it, you know, it had such great potential, and then uh, they did that. So I'm really glad yeah. that that was a deleted scene and that it stayed a deleted scene. Yeah, yeah. And and, and there's so many other twists and turns with this movie too. People are saying that, you know, the, the director with this was involved with uh what was that? A quiet place. The quiet place, right? So, you know, where they couldn't talk or the aliens would hear them. Now, this one they can't you can't see. And so basically in between these two movies they're covering hear no evil see no evil speak no evil because in uh in a quiet place you know you got to be listening to everything to see if they're around and let you know if you can even make like a fraction of a noise right and then yeah in a quiet place when uh, i think it all comes together is when uh the dude from the office takes the kid to the waterfall and Mm -hmm. and just belts out a yell for the first time he's like yeah that was because uh, the kid had never seen that. And it's just kind of the same way in the bird box. Like the kids never saw the sunset or sunrise. Yeah. So Think about your most heightened senses and take away one of them. Oh, boy, it'd be, it'd be a scary situation. It certainly would be. I was just thinking of the other senses. Uh, I hope they don't make one with smell. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot smell. 
Uh, some smells. Oh, what would be worse would be you can't touch anything. Oh, yeah. So don't touch anything. Like, you're suspended on cables <laughs> with like these rings through your back skin. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, if they, if they start doing more of these movies with senses, oh, boy, we're going to be in for a treat because you know we'll cover it. Yeah, we will, man. Uh, like like I said to you, um, when we were ta- when we were discussing Bird Box yesterday, uh, we've got to make it into a podcast. So yeah, so I'm glad that we did. Uh, we this was just something fun that we wanted to put out. Um, so it's like a, it's like a bonus content. And uh, right when we're done here, we're going to get working on our uh, our recording for next week, and it is going to be awesome. You don't want to miss that. No, we got a ton of great material coming at you guys. So Mind bending. If you're new to Subtle Beast and you stuck with us through Bird Box. Uh, Give some of our other podcasts uh, a whirl. We've got about fifty of them out there on iTunes or you know at Podbean, Podbean Google Play, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, you know, Subtle Beasts is all about the unknown. So uh, give us yeah, a whirl. So if you if you're enjoying the content that we put out, and uh, you know, feel free to go out to iTunes and, and give us a good rating because that helps. Good ratings help uh, a lot of things that that we do here, and also if. Uh, if you like our podcast, if you could just go through, go out to Facebook and go through, uh, you know, your friends list and, you know, just share our Facebook page with them. Let's, let, let's get this community growing even larger so that the, the conversation can expand even greater and we can involve more people and have more fun. Steve and I want to have a, we have some ideas for the summer where we would like to have some types of a, of a meet and greets, get together with a subtle beast and have, uh, have a bunch of events and, uh, and a day of fun plan. And we're hoping to do that as our, as our uh, podcast grows and our audience grows uh so thank you very much for all your support and uh you are not going to be uh let down in 2019 that i promise you no so if you've got if you agree with what we say uh put a comment down uh on on itunes on facebook anywhere that you can uh, express yourself and if you don't agree with what we what we say then great put a comment down <laughs> yeah go out to the facebook page and at least uh you know make a comment about the movie what was your favorite scene what did you think the monster was what did you think everything had to do with and uh you know share it and you know if, if we get enough people out there with enough comments then uh, we'll give some shout outs and and we'll reveal some people's statements uh right here on our podcast and it could be a lot of fun Absolutely. Let's keep this conversation going. We certainly will. Uh, I had a great time uh, covering Bird Box, and uh, I'm excited about next week. So uh, I'm Foltz. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.